as you listen to your spirit, I want to say to you, I hear the sound of rain. You are blessed. You know how they talk about accident waiting to happen, going somewhere to happen. You are a blessing going somewhere to happen. Amen. (laughs) You're blessed. The Spirit of God is on your life. God's blessing you. I believe that God wants me to speak blessing upon your life this morning. I believe the scriptures. I believe the word of God. That's why you can rest. He who believes doesn't make haste. I believe the scriptures. Jesus said, when you go out preaching and you find a house where you have people that are worthy and they receive you, speak to them. Peace be upon this home. And he says, if you say that, the peace of God will come upon that home. But if they reject it, the peace will come upon you. But I know you're not rejecting. I know the blessings of God will come upon you, knock you over, and overtake your life. And you'll never recover in Jesus' name. God's going to bless you. I just, I'm not speaking just to speak words. I believe in a God that watches over his word. And his word will always be confirmed. Otherwise, we're just playing games here. But God is real. And God is among us here right now. He said, where two or three are gathered together, in my name I am there in the midst of them. And so the Lord is here in the midst of us. He's never against us. He took everything that would make him against us away through the death of his son. So that he can always be on your side. And if you feel like God's not been on your side, that's not because God wasn't on your side. The enemy, like Jesus said, the enemy has done this thing. Remember when he talked about the sow, he said, Master, you sowed good seed. Welcome this church. He said, the enemy (laughs) is the enemy. But we know how to take care of the enemy. Amen? I said on Wednesday night, every time your name is mentioned, Satan shudders. He's scared. Because when you become a believer, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. God's the greatest Spirit in the universe. And Jesus said the Holy Spirit stays in you and lives with you and you carry Him around. He says forever. So when you show up, the greatest Spirit in the universe shows up. And Satan says, says, he says, here comes trouble. What are we going to do now? And when you begin to speak, especially when you begin to speak about Jesus, oh, he gets so nervous. He is about to lose one of his boys or girls forever. Forever. I don't think Christians realize what we have. I'm telling you, if we really know the one who is with us, you never spend one day worrying. Jesus said, why take tough? Why take third? Why are you worried? Why are you so concerned? Your father takes care of the birds. Your father takes care of the grass. And Jesus said, are you not much more than this? You are much more to the Father. God will not give his son to die for 
the lilies of the field. God won't do that. Not for grass. Not for animals. Not for the universe. But for you. He gave His Son to die so that He can have you. You're that precious to Him. Don't treat yourself like you're ordinary. I like that song. I won't accept anything ordinary. You are, we are accepting ordinary things because we don't know the God that's with us. When God sent the Son and the Bible says, they shall call in His name Emmanuel, that means God with us. If God lives in my house, who, who is going to come there to harass me? Tell me who is going to dare. What devil, what demon is going to sneak around when God is living in my house? I may go to sleep, but he never goes to sleep. He's always awake. He doesn't even blink. He don't need to do that. His eyes don't get dry. So he doesn't need to blink. They God blinked too long and so the devil took advantage of me. No, that can never happen. God loves you. No matter what's happened in your life, no matter what's going on right now in your life, you are loved by God. No matter what you've done, you are loved by God. The enemy knows your life can be transformed by just a few words that come out of your mouth. And I said on Wednesday night, there was this thief that was dying by the side of Jesus. He had lived... A life of nothingness. He was dying for living a crazy life. But he was with Jesus, so dying. And the devil was nervous. Because all that man had to do was say a few words. Just a few words to Jesus. Think about it. Just a few words. He was at the very edge going into eternity. I mean to go to hell forever. That's a huge tragedy. But all he needed to do was to recognize who Jesus, who was with him dying there, and he recognized the other thief couldn't. But he saw through everything that they were saying. Everyone that they were preaching, he said he, he, he could save others. He couldn't save himself. He healed others. The man was listening to all of those messages. As this priest and everybody were taunting Jesus, and they were preaching to him. And he was on the, hey, he did that? If you can do this, why don't you come down from the cross? He did that. He started getting this gospel message. And finally he realized, I need to talk to this man. Just a few words that you speak, your life can be transformed. Because you're dealing with God. He said just a few words. Remember me. Remember the word? Just remember me when you come into your kingdom. When Jesus said, today, right now, when we close our eyes here, you, you will be with me right there, not on the other side, in paradise Enjoying the blood, the bosom of Abraham. Yes. That's what happens. 
All you have to do because God has prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. All you have to do is speak a few words with faith. Believing God. Forgetting your past. He didn't think about his past. The thief didn't. He wanted to be with Jesus. And God heard him. Your life is not ordinary. God wants to do something special in your life. Don't insult him by treating your life as if it's ordinary. Look for something bigger for your future. Isaiah 54 says, <laughs> stretch out your curtains. He says, put your stick down. Let them stretch it. He says, do not spare. Because now, you are about to expand to the right and to the left. But you need to prepare yourself for it. Amen? That's what God wants to do for us. God wants to bless us. Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts today. I know that you are with your people and that you love your people. Are always there with them. In Jesus' name. I'm speaking on this message, that's part three, how the Holy Spirit leads. It's so important because a lot of people have spiritual gifts. They don't even know when to use the gift. They don't even know when God's speaking to them. And that needs to change. Because Jesus said, he said, no one will teach the other, know the Lord. They shall all know me from the least to the greatest. Every child of God has a privilege of hearing from him. God is a person. God loves to fellowship with his children. He did it with Adam. Daily, I believe. He looked for Adam when Adam had seen he was looking for Adam. He says, Adam, where are you? I need some time with you. I need to talk with you. We need to spend some time together. And the Bible says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has no change. He wants to communicate with you. And through communicating with you, he directs your life. So that you can... Go around the pitfalls of life. And then he can carry you. The Bible says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So God wants to lead you. In other words, if God is not leading you, you are not his child. You have to be led by God if you are a Christian. It's a privilege to be a human being and be led by God through life. But if you don't know how God leads, you make a lot of mistakes. And serious mistakes that have, that have great consequences upon your life and upon your family. Who to marry? That's a very important thing. You make a mistake there, boy. That's the worst mistake you can make in your life. You will be talking about hell in this world. He says, you're talking about hell. I've got it right now. I've got, I've got it right now. I don't have to wait. I've got it right now. <laughs> when you marry the wrong person. 
But generally, when people do this, they go by what they know. They go by what they know. You are a tripartite being. You have three parts to you. You were born with a dead spirit that God cannot communicate with. That's the part that's supposed to guide your life. That's the real you. But as far as God is concerned, that spirit is dead. And God cannot direct something that's dead. God cannot make conversation with something that's dead. When God said to Adam, the day you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. The same day you eat of the fruit, you will die. We know Adam didn't die on that day. In the natural. We, don't, we can't see what happened. But inside, the real person that looked like God, that was in the image of God, died on that day. And that was the difference. There was a major transformation on that day. Read the scripture. Jesus said, you are of your father, what? The devil. Jesus calling Jews children of the devil. It was not just sin. His life was transformed. He became a child of the devil. Otherwise, what Jesus said wouldn't make any sense. So you cannot be a child of the devil, not born again, and expect God to direct your life. He doesn't know you as his own. You belong to the devil. You can cry all you want. I'm not a child of the devil. The devil says, you can keep saying it. You are one of mine. I recognize you. But when you are born again, your spirit is born again. That's why everyone needs to call upon God and be born again. You can argue all you want, but the devil knows you belong to him. Jesus said, he knows those who are his. He knows his own children. And the devil himself knows his own children as well. The devil guides his children and God guides his own children. But when you are born again, when you are born again your spirit comes alive. You have your spirit, your soul, and your flesh. You are a spirit. You have a soul. That's the, the realm of your mental abilities and your emotions. You have a soul and then you live in the body. And God always says spirit, soul, and body. But most people will say body, soul, and spirit. No, that's backward. Do it the way God wants it. Your spirit is the real you. That's why Paul said, I depart this place and I'm present with the Lord. And that's far better. But when I stay here, I stay in this body. This is just your house where you live. And your eyes is what your your eyes are, what your, your spirit looks into the world through. But the real you is inside of you. But now, before you were born again, all you had, all you had was a dead spirit that cannot respond, cannot direct your life. Your soul, the realm of your mental abilities, and your emotions, and then your body. The spirit is just dead. He can't do anything. So you are being led by how you feel and what you can reason out. That's all you know. But once you are born again, 
God wants you now to be led by your renewed spirit. James 1.23 says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. That means when you are born again, your soul is still not born again. The soul still wants to do things the old way. And so the only way to save your soul from going the old way is to feed your spirit with the word of God. And then that word is implanted in your soul. And then your soul now begins to cooperate with your spirit. Because your spirit is a grown man and begins to detect to the soul. We don't think that way. We don't think that way. This is the way we go right now. And when, you, when your soul begins to cooperate, then you can bring your body under subjection. Now, First Corinthians chapter 9, Paul mentioned there in verse 27, it says, But I discipline my body. I discipline my body. Think about it. It's his body. So how is he going to discipline his body? Is it different from his body? Yes. His spirit is different from his body. So I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection. I bring it into subjection. So the soul has to be renewed so that he can listen to your spirit and God can flow. Now, I'm kind of laying down the foundation. I'll quickly get to the point where we talk about how God leads us. There are three major ways that God leads his children, and we're going to go through that. I'm going to go through that real fast, but I need to get the foundations right so you know where we're going. Amen? I need to get it right, so be patient with me, okay? Because we're coming there. So, your soul needs to be renewed. You can bring that on a suggestion. Notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14, it says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So your spirit is, notice the spirit there is not capital S. Is it capital S? No. That small letter S. What that means is you're born against spirit. Many times when people are praying in tongues, they think it's the Holy Spirit that's praying in tongues. The Holy Spirit has no need. He don't need to pray. You have need. You need to pray. So it's your spirit that's praying. But the good thing about it is the Holy Spirit is right there. Empowering and giving your spirit a voice that comes out through your mouth in the way of tongues. That's, that's a mystery. But that's what God's doing. It's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our sight. This is the mystery we're talking about. Your spirit prays, but your mind is unfruitful. So when you're praying like that, you are empowering your spirit. You are making your spirit, your spirit strong. Your mind doesn't know what's going on. And when you're quiet, the mind says, what was that all about? And your spirit begins to dictate. Amen. And let your soul know, we need to be saved from the old way of thinking. Amen. We need to be saved. So what do we do? With the body and with the soul. 
In Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Who is to present his body? It's your responsibility, not God. It's your responsibility to present your body a living sacrifice. How do you do that? How can you accomplish that? He says, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You don't need to brag about it if you're doing it. That's what you're supposed to do as a Christian. That's what he's saying. It's your reasonable service. How do you do this? He says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the soul. He's not, he's not saved yet. You need to renew that mind. So it will listen to your spirit. And to renew your mind, you need the word. You need the word coming constantly at your mind so that your mind begins to think in the way of the word. And then your mind will agree with the spirit and they are one. How can two work together unless they are in a agreement? So your mind begins to agree with your spirit that's always in agreement with the Word of God because it's a new creature. Born of God. We're coming to that. So that's where he's at. He says, by the renewing of the mind, your mind, and when your mind is renewed, when your emotions, your soul is renewed, when the soul is saved, then you are able to prove. Amen. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will. In other words, when your soul is renewed, you know what God's perfect will is for your life. Amen. You know. You know. You don't have any doubt. You know. Because your spirit will relate it to your soul. Your mind is renewed. So you can prove to everybody, this is what God's will is for me. You got no doubt? Jesus had no doubt about God's will for his life. I want to be like him. Amen. He says, I don't do anything but what I hear the Father. Constantly hearing the Father. I, I want to be like that. He says, what, what I say, they're not my words. What I hear him say, that's what I'm telling you. And everybody look around. We never heard the Father. If you were Peter and, and some of us, you know, doubting Thomas, you know, around him says, well, we never hear the Father speaking to you. When has he been talking to you? Huh? But he was always doing that. And we were born to be just like our brother. Amen. So that God can continually speak to us. Don't mean troubles wouldn't come. But God can help us with that. The word renewed is the same word. The word renewed in the Greek is the same word that is used in the Old Testament that's translated restore. The same word. Renew and restore. The same word. That's why the Bible says in, in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me, that's what we're talking about. He leads me beside still waters. And what's the next word? He restores 
my soul. When he leads you beside still waters, you drink from the water of the word of God. Your soul is restored. Your soul is restored. And though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's leading you. You're passing through. Amen. I shall fear no evil. Why? Because it's God that's leading me through this valley. Why should I fear? Yes, it's the shadow of death. Yeah, but I got nothing to fear. Because he's leading me. I'm just going through. Because there is a table that's prepared before me on the other side. And, and this happens to be a distraction. But he's with me. And we're walking through. And I sit before my table. And, it, and as I enjoy my table, the enemy just look, turn around and watch. Amen. But your soul needs to be restored. Through the word. That's what we're talking about. God wants to lead you through your spirit. And until your soul is restored, you never know when God's speaking. Because your soul will constantly contradict what God says. But when you, you renew the soul with the word of God, then it's easy. You can know. You're not going to be flaky. And saying, the Lord said, when everybody knows the word doesn't agree with what you're saying. Have you met people like that? They don't know the word. And so Satan, he just puts his hook over, I mean, he drags them wherever. And they are saying, the Lord said, the Lord said, but he's never spoken. Everything they are saying contradicts what the word says. But when your soul is being renewed, and when your soul is being restored, you know you are proving what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for you. It seems really academic, but let me tell you. The Bible says, you shall know the truth. That's where your freedom is. That's where your freedom is. Once you begin to get this understanding from the Spirit of God, things begin to make sense. The Word of God begins to wash your life. Jesus said you are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. And then miracles begin to take place. In your life, as you begin to obey God, you begin to see unusual things. Your life begins to be transformed. And people begin to be amazed. They have one opinion of you. One year, they come back two years later, and they're shocked. What's going on here? Because God is already transforming your life. He said you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we need to renew our mind. Let me give you an insight. That's where I'll start. <laughs> On one of the primary ways God leads his people. That's found in Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 16. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> it says there, For as many as are led... By the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And then it tells you why you've been led and how. It says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Good. What is that saying? You are being led by what? The Spirit. The Spirit is the one that's going to lead you. But you are not going to be in fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love. 
your soul, right? Restored. So you're not afraid. You know when it's God speaking to you. You just don't worry about people. Sometimes people, do you know that? I don't have to prove anything to you. I don't have to prove anything to you. When he confirms it, I'm happy. Amen. That's all I want. I got nothing to prove to anybody. You got nothing to prove to people. You see, the greatest problem Christians have is what they're thinking about, what others are thinking about, what they're doing. That's the problem. I don't want to pray for that person. God saying, lay your hands on that person. What if nothing happens, God? So they spend the next five minutes arguing. And, and, and this thing is keep speaking to them. Lay your hands. <laughs> no, God, I've never done that before. Go call pastor to come and do that. I'll never do that. <laughs> what if I say that? And the person says, that was not true. You're concerned about what people think. That's your problem. And that's the problem of the church. That's why God is praying. God says, pray for, they pray for boldness. Boldness is what we need. Boldness. To step out because God said so. When God says step out of the boat, don't go trying the water to see if he's going to hold your weight. Get out of the boat. If you try it, guess what? You stay in the boat. I'll come see you there. You're not coming out. Just step out. God says it when your soul is restored, you have no fear. He says come and guess what? You get out of the boat. That's what it is. But when your soul is not being restored, you still feel very fearful. You won't listen to him. You have a lot of arguments with him. You're going to wonder about what uh, Pastor Angela thinks about what I just did. Who cares what Pastor Angela, if God told you to do something, do it. Amen. It may not make sense to, to them, but to the one who is receiving ministry, they know. God has used this person. And God wants to use all of his children. That's why I'm going with this message. Amen? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So don't fear about being led. God wants to lead you. If you are a child of God, you are to be led by the Spirit of God. And you don't need to be afraid because the Spirit is in you and wants to use you. You just need to listen. Don't care about what. You can make mistakes. Amen. Thank God you can make mistakes when you start learning. Otherwise, they won't have the school of the prophets in the Old Testament. They were training them how to be prophets. And when you are being trained, you don't get perfect the first day. You learn. And God understands that. That's why he said in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, let one prophesy and let the other judge. Amen. We can judge and decide if this is from God, if it's not. We're not going to throw the guy out of church because we determine. That's not what he's talking about. <laughs> you just let them learn. He says, you may all prophesy one by one that all may learn. It's a learning thing. All we want is we're looking for the spectacular, but God wants to deal with this still small voice. And so we're missing it. And we're not seeing what God's doing. When I finally realized I don't need to be spectacular, I don't need to be kicking my leg before somebody is healed, <laughs> I just do what God says. He said to put your hand on them. Amen. I, I can do that. Is that difficult? God says, put your hand on them. I can do that. So I put my hand on them. Should I be expecting some hand shaking? Some people like to shake, you know. If you want to shake, that's okay. That's okay. So people know God is really anointing you. 
one of the problems uh, Charles Parham, the guy that God used in the renewal in the United States for the Holy Spirit, one of his problems is he went to this church. He says, this is not God. This is all emotions. No. There is a meeting place. Amen. You don't eliminate all the emotions because when God is, there's going to be some emotions, okay? But if you rely on that, <laughs> the enemy says, that's good business. I can do business with you. You don't rely on that. You don't rely on how you feel. I've had somebody who we had prayed for. Please pardon me. Let me digress a little bit. We had prayed for this person for so long to get the demon out. The day that I felt I was not up to it, I had gotten very angry. I know some of you don't get angry, but I did that day. I was very angry and I yelled and did something, you know, and then I was going to call this lady to say, let's postpone this deliverance thing till the next day. Because right now, I don't feel real holy. And as soon as she picked up the phone, she said, oh, thank you, you called. I'm ready, please come. I'm ready. Oh, God. Why today, oh Lord? I've been trapped by the devil. What am I going to do? So I said, I, I sent out those one quickie prayers for forgiveness. You know what I mean? God, I confess my sins. Oh, please forgive me. And I went thinking, I'll just go there and I'm going to tell the girl, just pray, pray a little bit and then tell her I'll come back tomorrow when I feel a little better and holier than I feel right now. It was amazing. I never said a few words and this demon that would he just yelled so loud and he was free. And I went, Whoa. I feel holy. No I'm kidding. <laughs> it, it confused me so badly. I was confused. I said, I can't believe this. You mean God did this after I've yelled at this person all day and they got so angry and acted up? With this quickie prayer for forgiveness and God listening, this is amazing. Okay. This is another side of God I don't understand. But he's such a good God. Amen. He's such a good God. And wants to lead us. He wants to lead us. He says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. You are a child. You ought to be guided by your father. Just like earthly fathers guide their children and speak to them. You are a child. And he says you can cry, Abba, Father. And he says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. So your spirit, not your flesh, okay? Your spirit speaks to God and calls God Abba Father and the Holy Spirit is right there. He bears witness. This is the primary way that God leads his people. An inner witness. is an inner witness. It's just a check in your spirit. Somebody's telling you something, and you go, oh, I don't know about that. And you think it's God, it's you thinking. That's your born-again spirit. I'm going to come to that. It's so important. Your born-again spirit. 
It's like a stoplight or a red light. They are presenting this business to you and I know about that. You are excited about this job and now they give it to you and all of a sudden you feel you don't, something is not right. How many have been there? It's right there. It's the inner witness. That's why God, this is the primary way God leads his people. You remember 9-11. There were a lot of Christians that died in that 9-11. But then you hear people, testimonies. Some people saying, I wanted to go to work that day, but it didn't feel, it didn't feel good inside. So they stayed. Some of them were deliberately late and missed it. Believers, that inner witness, the inner witness, it's always there. It's a check in your spirit. You don't want to do that. That's, no. That's how Paul knew. He was going to preach in Britannia and then he says, the Holy Spirit said no. How did he know that? An inner witness. You think God stood there and said, no Paul, you're not coming here. He's just an inner witness. And Paul turned around to go to, no, he's just a red stoplight. No, you don't go in there. The guy got frustrated. He knew to, to follow the spirit. So he went and he, he went to sleep. And then a dream. And this guy said, come to Macedonia and help us. And Paul got up. I got the witness. We're going to Macedonia. As simple as that. He's just an inner witness. That's the primary way God leads his people. In 1 John 5 verse 10, it says, He who believes in the Son of God has the witness. Not a witness. Has the witness in himself. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, you have what? The witness in yourself. It will always come on. When somebody's telling you something and you have to make a decision, listen to that witness. It may look good, but listen to the witness. You're going out with this guy or this girl and you're all excited, but then you go and something, and she's, he says, let's get married. And the check comes, you don't want to do that. You better listen. That's the primary way God leads his people. The inner witness. God uses this to work with his children. To give you a check. To say, no, you don't want to do that. Stop. You can't go there. That's the inner witness. The Holy Spirit resides in your spirit. And so from there, he always witnesses. When you hear something, he doesn't have to speak to you. He just tells you, Basically, no or yes. Simple as that. No, yes. Don't go there. That's how he deals with us. We're coming to the other ways that he speaks to his children. That's the inner witness. You know, it's because of the Holy Spirit inside of you that this happens in your born again spirit. You know, in John chapter 14 verse 17, it tells us clearly there, the Spirit of God, the world cannot receive. This is where primarily God deals with you and directs your life, like I've said. 
The Bible tells us in John chapter 7, beginning from verse 37, it, Jesus said, the Bible says, on that day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow, what? Rivers of living water. So your heart, your born again spirit, your heart is the same as your born again spirit. This is where God, the primary way that God wants to lead you to enjoy the abundant life that he's given to us. It comes from your heart. If your spirit is not born again, you can't receive any inner witness. This is the primary way that God leads his people. John 3 verse 3 says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You won't understand it. You need to be born again. We will talk more about the inner witness this coming week. And then I will go on to the second way that God leads his people, which is next to this. Because for me personally, God doesn't speak to me every day. I don't, that's not the way it works. I have hardly talked about hearing an audible voice from God. But I know he's leading me. And I can tell when he's leading me. And when he tells me to do something, I know because I can feel it and I can know it from my spirit. That's what I want to share with every one of you. So you know how God leads you. But this is the primary one because God doesn't talk to you every time. He will tell you, no, yes, no, yes. You can do that. He just lets you have your way. He's not telling me what I'm going to preach. He tells me, I get this thing. There is no check in my spirit. I go for it. And God's there with me. If he says, no, I don't want, he'll let you know. I just look and I moved on to something else. That's how he deals with us daily. He leads us that way. Would you stand up with me this morning? Before we go, there's something I had uh, about three days that I spent with the Lord maybe a couple of weeks back because I wanted God to do something. And I started saying last uh, Sunday why we don't see a whole lot of the acts of God among us. Why we don't see that a lot. How people put the brakes on God when they come to services. Uh, please give me First Corinthians chapter 14. He says, pursue love and desire verse 1. 14 verse 1. It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, I'm going to draw from this and go to other areas. When you come to church and you are not expecting anything to happen, you get nothing. Notice he wasn't speaking to the individual. This was a letter to the church. 
right? 1 Corinthians 14, that was to the church, not the individual. It was for the whole church. And Paul said in chapter 11, when you, that's when he began to make all this, to discuss this thing with the church. He says, when you come together, when you gather together, so he started telling them what they should do. And then he talked about the gifts of the Spirit, how they function. And then he talked about love in chapter, chapter 13. And then he went on to talk about the, this gifts of prophecy and all of that in chapter 14, speaking in tongues, how that should be handled in the church. But he says, when you come together, pursue love. That's important. But also have desire. We don't, the desire will translate into expectation. Because the desires of the righteous man shall be granted. We don't expect much. We want to come to God's presence and leave the thing. It didn't happen that way when Jesus was here in person. But Jesus says, it's better for you that I go away. It's better for you that I go away. He said to Thomas, you believe now because you've seen. Blessed is that man who believes and yet have not seen. We are more blessed. God will do more. If we will come and have that desire. You come to church, my situation is going to change. I'm going to church today. Pastor is going to say something. Angela is going to say something. Pastor Andy is going to say something. Somebody is going to say something. Somebody is going to pray for me at the altar. And my situation is changed. When God sees that in you and there is faith, He endorses it. And your life is changed. But many times people just, it's a religious thing. That I want the real thing. So we're speaking about hearing God's words and voice God's voice. I don't look. I, I admire God's people that He's using. I want to be there. I'm not going to pursue after them. I'm okay by God's grace, but I want to be there with them. I want to do what God's doing through them. I will examine it from the Word and say, God, what are you? Why are you doing that in them? What's wrong with me? Why can't I get the same thing? You spoke to him. Why not me? You have that in you. Just like Gideon. God says you are a man of value. Because of the way you are thinking inside of you. In this your strength. You are going to defeat. That's what God is needing for us. When we come. We need to come expecting. Tongues and interpretation. And you get ready. God's going to use me. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Come get ready. God's going to use me. And we, this is why I'm teaching this. So you can know when God tells you, I want you to give a word in tongues. And say, I just started to attend church lately. What does God want to hear that for? He's asking you to speak. Speak. Amen. God's taking the art fellowship somewhere. Can I hear an amen? God's taking us somewhere. And get ready. Get ready. That's why this message is. So that you know you are spiritual. If you have accepted Christ, you are a spiritual person. I can't be more spiritual than you are. You just need to listen to the voice of the Spirit. Amen? And do it. I like it when you go out and pray for somebody and they're here. Come and tell me. Pastor, we shout with you. Amen? That's what it is. Because we are all children of the living God. 
And the Spirit of God is bearing witness with us that we are the sons of God. We're going to take over uh, Cyprus. Amen? We're going to take over Cyprus. We'll take over Houston. They'll hear about you. They'll hear about your church. They'll hear about what God's doing here. Amen? Let's lift our hands up to the Lord this morning. And pray in faith. Tell God we're ready for you. Do whatever you will with our life. We want to be used of God. I'm not going to be ordinary. I'm not expecting and accepting anything ordinary. I want what God has for me. I'm going to be great by the power of the living God. I'm not going to be ordinary. That's what you should do. That's desire. And your desire, God says, shall be granted. He shall be granted. Desire it and God will give it to you. Father, thank you. I bless your people. I, I can hear the sound of rain. As the sound of a man rain upon the people of God at the ark. Those who are not saved, if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, just speak a word. Just like the man who was dying with Jesus on the cross, just say, Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. Can you say that with me? Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my heart, my heart now. If you say that, he came in. Amen. He's been waiting to come in. He's been waiting. You've kept him out too long. Open up by speaking the word and he's in. Now that he's in, begin to look for him and seek him to talk to you. It's a beautiful thing. I'm looking for children to say, God spoke to me. Amen. I'm looking for that. God spoke to me. He says to pray for this person. And then they come back. I prayed for this person in school and God healed them. Principal heard about it and, and they got nervous. <laughs> Father, I want to thank you. I bless your people today. As they go, they go with your peace. Because you are the prince of peace. And you are with them. And if you are with them, no one can be against them. That's your word. A thousand will fall at your side. Ten thousand on their right side. And it shall never come near them. Because God is at work in your life. And the thing that God has begun in you today, He is able to complete. And what you commit to God today, according to His word, what you commit to Him today, God is able to keep until that day. If you have a problem, commit it to God right now. And God will take care of it and take care of it and take care of it and keep it for you till the time for you to enjoy. Amen? Pastor Andy, come and take over this service.